For the longest time, I secretly wanted more. I often found myself shrinking to fit in, settling for what was comfortable, and even selling myself short. Once I finally accepted that we deserve success and we are blessed with the power to achieve it, I stopped playing small. I'm serious about building a life I love, and you should be too. I'm Denise Taylor of DeniseTaylor.live, and welcome to Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. I help women prioritize themselves, their success, and their happiness. Let's meet this week's achiever whose story will inspire you to push past your fears and soar. Well, hello, it's Denise Taylor, and I am always excited to have you join me here each week at Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. On this podcast, we believe that you can build a life that you love without apology. Not only that, We believe that God has given you the power to do it. You know, it says in the word that he did not give us fear, but that he gave us power. And I believe that with that power, we can be, do, have, and achieve what our hearts desire. You see, building a life that we love is not just about things. It's about embracing who we are, who we desire to become and being relentless in the goal to achieve that desire. I want to always encourage you through the testimony of others that you can do it too. I believe the Bible tells us that we can overcome through testimony. And I want to always have this platform be that vehicle to encourage you to overcome. You can be victorious. I believe that there are five superpowers. I call them the success superpowers that are integral in helping you to achieve. The first is to see yourself successful. You have to see yourself accomplishing and doing the things that you want to achieve. When you see it, you can become it. The second is to shake off fear. Fear is a very natural and real emotion, but we cannot let it paralyze us. We have to shake it off and know that despite that false evidence that appears real, we can do it. The third is to do the work. I wish it was as simple as just wishing it to be so, but we have to put our hands to the plow and do the work. The wonderful thing is God said he will bless the work of our hands. So it comes with a promise when we work. The fourth is that we have to take care of us. We have to take care of ourselves because when we press in to give our all, we are then using the resources of who we are in all areas of our life, physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, professionally, everything about us comes to bear. And so a strategy around taking care of yourself is critically important because we don't want to pour from an empty cup. We want to make sure our cup stays full. And number five is hold fast to our faith. And I believe that those five success superpowers can be applied to any area of your life and you can bring about change. And more than that, you can bring about success. My goal is to bring guests onto this platform who can encourage you with their testimony. And this week's achiever is one that I call my forever friend. You see, Fanta McMullen and I met when we were just 18 years old. In our mind, we thought we were grown, 
but we were far from it. And what she discovered right after graduating high school is that she was pregnant. So Fanta was a teen mom. And our friendship and how we partnered together through that experience is one that not only changed her life, it changed my life and it changed the life of her daughter, Brittany. It connected us and it made us forever friends. We became interlaced with a beautiful story that I lovingly call two students and a baby. And I wanted to bring Fanta to this platform so that you can be encouraged. You know, through the testimony of others, we can see what they face, the obstacles and the challenge. And through their success, we can learn that we can be successful too. It becomes that energizer to let us know that God is not a respecter of person. And if he's going to do it for one, he can do it for us. And so I hope hope that you're encouraged. Now, more than that, because she is my forever friend, you are going to hear about a priceless friendship that has stood the test of time. She is near and dear, always present, always there for me, regardless of whatever struggle or situation comes up. I can count on her to be a listening ear and even more a prayer partner. And so I am so excited for you to get a glimpse into, again, my personal circle, people that I go to when I need to be encouraged. I hope that this inspires you and I hope that you'll be encouraged to connect with your forever friend as well. I'll see you on the other side. You know, the definition of a friend is one attached to another by affection and esteem. And when I think of Fanta, I can honestly say she has been my friend. She has seen me in ways that many have not. She's seen me at my best, she's seen me at my worst, and she's seen me at every level in between. For me, she is a lifetime friend. Fanta is forgiving and faithful. She knows all my secrets and she has managed to keep them to herself, which I think is beautiful. <laughs> she knew me when and she knows me now. What I admire is that she has never had an issue being in my shadow, being by my side. Um, she finds herself there in the most unsuspecting ways. She's always a call away. She always shows up at significant moments in my life. She's probably the only one that I actually don't mind having remember when story time with. <laughs> um, and when I think about her, I think about the trust. I think about the fact that there are not many people that you would take your children to and just leave them there to be within that person's care. And I did that for many summers. She's Auntie Fanta to my girls. Her mom is Nana to all of us. Her sister is my baby sister as much as she's her baby sister. We are bonded, our families are bonded. And it's because of the connection that she and I made with one another that all of that is a beautiful treasure that we get to experience. And so it is my esteemed pleasure to introduce my beautiful friend, my beautiful friend for many, many years now, 
Font D, as we like to call her. <laughs> Welcome to Life, Love, in the Pursuit of Happiness. That was some kind of introduction. Oh my. Thank you. That was that was that was a lot. Now you you're gonna make me cry already. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. This is going to be a very special episode for me. Um, because when I have a chance to have transparent conversations with someone who really knows me, um, it always turns out beautiful. So tell the people a little bit about you. Introduce yourself. Introduce myself. I am Dr. Fanta McMullen. Um, I am a high school, junior high, high school math teacher for, look, already 21 years. Um, and I actually just recently stepped away from the, um, the brick and mortar classroom um, for the virtual classroom, as well as um, pursuing my doctoral um, passion of um, cultural competency and diversity trainings with schools, districts, companies, small cities. Um, I'm a wife to Dr. Sean McMullen, Dr. Reverend Sean McMullen, and um, mother of three, bonus mom of three, adopted mom of one, and together we have five grandchildren, six now. Ah, we got a new baby. He's six months, six grandchildren, and they call me honey. All right. All right, honey girl. Well, <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. And so I'm sure that people find the title of this episode curious. Two students and a baby. <laughs> so many, 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 many years ago, um, we found ourselves in that situation, two students and a baby. And we used to always laugh about how it would make such a great sitcom <laughs> as we were trying to figure out what the heck to do with the baby at the tender age of 19. We had no clue. So... <laughs> I just, I marvel at the fact that so many years later, we finally get a chance to tell this story. But before, <laughs> we, before we dive into the beautiful story, there are always two sides to friendship. There's always two sides to the story. So let me hear your side of how we met and became lifelong friends. So it was the summer of 1988, <laughs> and um, we were both in a program that helped us prepare for college at Miami University by giving us some pre-college classes and on-campus experience. So we were in this program. Um, I don't I don't remember the qualifications of the program. I just remember, you know, it was it was early June. It was right after graduation. We were up at in Oxford, and there were, you know, there was about thirty kids, I guess, um, 
different nationalities, different backgrounds. And we met at this program. And um, I don't, um, your roommate was a strange little girl. <laughs> who, who drank too much and and she was one of those sad drinkers you know she she would then cry herself to sleep and you were like oh my god I can't stay here and so then you would find your way to my room and I don't remember if I even had a roommate I don't remember who my roommate was I don't even I don't remember. So I may have been in a room by myself, which would have been really cool, except you moved in basically <laughs> because your roommate was really weird, <laughs> which which happens when you don't get to choose your your roommate in college. You know, I think now they they know a little more, but we 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 didn't get to choose. So. We spent that summer going to classes, living on campus. Um, and for me, it was right before the band started. And I, I twirled rifle flags and rifles in high school. And I twirled, um, I was on the rifle line for Miami University marching band um, for my first semester at, um, at Miami. So it was right before that. So I was already on campus, but that that's how we met. And um, it was during that summer that you and Chuck reunited, got, got together and, um, and th things just, we just stayed together. It was, um, it was really cool. So that, that summer you had a weird roommate that fall, I had a weird roommate. <laughs> Very weird. It was, and it, and that was that was interesting because it was someone that I knew from high school, and I thought this was going to work out well, and it was interesting. Um, but so we were, we were, we were friends. It was cool to be on campus and have someone that you knew there. Um, by the time the fall came. Yeah, um, yeah, it absolutely was. It was like, I, I remember when you and I met, we just became instant friends. You you don't very often in life meet someone where as soon as you meet, you feel like you've known them forever. forever. But when when you and I met, it was as if I knew you forever. Um, and, and that wasn't just apparent to the two of us. That was apparent to everyone around everyone. us because they would often, you know, make remarks like we were from the same town or we were from the same area. And we were like, no, I'm from Dayton. <laughs> She's from Cincinnati. And I just met her here, but we were fast friends and what I treasure is that it never really fizzled out. It wasn't without struggle. And we'll talk about some of that. But it, we were fast friends, like really quickly. We got along and we were in sync. And um, you definitely had my back with a lot of my foolishness 
and you supported me and you listened to me. And I think that that was something that I really valued. You had a very awesome listening ear and you, you didn't judge me. You were not judgmental at all. Now, given your circumstances, that might've been why you wasn't judgmental. <laughs> no, I, because truth be told, by the time I went up there that summer, I was already pregnant. Yes. Um, and, um, and I don't, I don't even know when I knew, I think it was sometime that summer I knew, um, but I was there and I was going to be there and I was going to graduate. That was, that was my mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but, you know, we, I think we met each other's families that summer Mm -hmm. and they've been family ever since it was, it was an instant connection. Um, and it, it never, never faded, you know, when you, life would get busy and you've been living all over the country and, <laughs> and, you know, we, there were times where we didn't talk for months and then we would get on the phone and we would be on the phone all night, all day, all night, whatever it was. And we would just catch back up. And it was like, it, it never, it never ended. And it was like you said, like, it just always was. It was it was a great friendship that that always was, and you could always depend on it. You know, I felt that I could always call you, mm-hmm. um, no matter where you were, no matter what was going on, um, text you. Even now, you know, um, with some of the things that have been going on in my life, you know, I was able to um, make sure that you were on my on my prayer list, partners. It was, and I could send send texts all day, all night, um, and know that, that you were there. Um, and, and it's always been that way. And, and our families did connect on that basis. It was, um, it was like, you know, for you, for your brothers, for your mother, um, there's Fanta, of course there's Fanta, (laughs) but, um, just last week when, when I, um, finally hugged, um, your brother, he was like, of course you're here. I didn't see you, but I knew you would be here because that's that's the way we've been. And it's been over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way that's the way it'll be. You know, we um, totally expect that. Uh, you know, Shanice was telling me that I have my have my room when I come visit. Um, <laughs> Girl, her. that's huge. Shanice ain't opening the door for everybody now. So that's huge. <laughs> I have my, Auntie Fanta has a room. So, <laughs> so um, it, it has been, it has been um, a great friendship, even, you know, from, from day one. And, and it was, I remember, we've always had to explain, no, we, we never went to high school together. We met at Miami that summer and, and it's, and we clicked and, and we never let it go. Wow. So it's um, it's been a great friendship for me. And I too, when I think of you, um, I think of faithfulness and loyalty. Um, I feel that, you know, Denise is the type of person I've, I've said to, to others that um, if you have her as a friend, you have a friend for life. Mm. Um, and, 
and you don't have to worry about that. Um, and agree to disagree, fight, fuss, of course, like, like sisters would, um, but a friend for life. And, that, and I never questioned that. I never have had to worry about that. And, um, and I think it's so important um, to, to have those people in your life that you can depend on, that you know, no matter what, how stupid you get, how ugly you cry, <laughs> they'll be there and you can count on that. Mm -hmm. And you've always been that friend for me. Oh my gosh. Okay. We're going to keep going on because we could <laughs> keep having a love fest all day, but we're going <laughs> to, we are going to finally tell this story. So you mentioned yes. it a little bit, right? And so I remember being there and Fanta shares with us that she is expecting and I just remember thinking, oh my God. <laughs> and so I, I think in that moment, um, even though you were expecting, and I'm sure that there were some things that you were afraid of, and that's one of the questions I want to ask you about, but even when you discovered it, it's like you never curled up in a ball and felt like things were ending. And I'll be honest with you, it wasn't till like, I think Brittany was maybe one and a half or two and you made a comment, you were like, well, you know, technically we are a statistic. And I was like, what is she talking about? Because it never dawned on me that you actually were a teen mom, right? You know, and I just think about that whole experience of you discovering that you were pregnant. Um, there's a couple things that stick out. The first is this. I remember going home on midterm break with you <laughs> and you still had not told your mom that you were pregnant. Now, mind you, you came to school pregnant in June and midterm break was in October. And so I can't remember what was going on, but we were at a family reunion. It was my family reunion. We were at this family event and you made us go with you. I needed a buffer. I needed buffers because I was starting, I was showing. But my family, my family was like, oh, you gave me that freshman 15. I was like, oh, huh. <laughs> yes. I just remember being there and, and everyone remarking about how, oh, Fonte, you gaining a little weight. You gaining a little weight. And, and I'm sitting there like, okay, they do not know that this child is not, I mean, like you, like you said, you were showing, you know, showing. you were showing. When did you finally tell Nana that you were pregnant? Was it Thanksgiving? Um, it might have been thank when she brought me back from for Thanksgiving because you know back in the day we could have our cars. I had a car at home, couldn't have our cars freshman year. So um, I think when she brought me back for Thanksgiving, I I told her I, in the room um, and I said, you know, um, this is what it is, and I told her then, um, but I'm gonna have my baby. And um, if nobody's there when I graduate, then the President Pearson will meet my child. Mm 
because I'm going to walk across that stage. Mm -hmm. That was my mentality. That was um, not finishing was not an option. Mm -hmm. Um, Not finishing within four years was not an option. Um, We're going to get to how you showed out now. (laughs) We're going to get to that. So so you tell tell Nana, now mind you, Brittany was born in February. So (laughs) it's just... Nana is just finding out in November that she is about to be a grandmother after she has celebrated you going to college and all of these different things. And I know that that was tremendously hard, but all I ever saw was your resolve. All I ever saw was your commitment to yourself that you were not going to be deterred. It wasn't as if you were trying to shrug your responsibility, but you just weren't going to be deterred from your goals and what you had set out and what you wanted to achieve. And so Nana was pissed. I, I mean, Nana was, <laughs> she was really upset. You know, like Nana was hurt. Nana was really upset. She had all manner of emotion. By the time Brittany got here in February, Nana was Nana was okay at that point, but she was really upset at the time. Yes. And yes. so let's just kind of play this out. So it's <laughs> it's November. We are wrapping up the first semester in mm-hmm. December. Um, by that time you had already formulated a plan and your plan was you were going to take the spring semester off, right? Mm -hmm. And you were going to start classes back in the summer Mm -hmm. and you were going to then come back to school, which to all of us sounded like crazy as heck, but we were listening (laughs) to you, right? Like we're listening to you. You're going to take the spring semester off. You're going to start classes back in the summer and you are coming back to Miami in the fall. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, oh, oh okay, Fanta. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. And true to plan, that's exactly what you did. Uh, mm-hmm. You had Brittany in February mm-hmm. and you took the time off with her after she was born you enrolled in summer classes and now we and are I, we are going to I drove back and forth that summer um to do my classes so I was driving to Oxford from Cincinnati um five days a week every day um my aunts were watching Brittany and um it's a that's a love story that that they tell to this day um how they fell in love with Brittany that summer and and I think they helped my mom fall in love with her mm-hmm. um she was she she was blindsided my mom was was blindsided she had no idea um I I did a good job of keeping it from her <laughs> and and actually moving to Oxford kind of helped that that summer because that you know she could didn't know that I didn't need certain supplies you know she didn't know that that those were that was happening so um so right I tell her in November and three months later I have a baby so she was she was literally 
blindsided mm-hmm. and had no time to get this together in her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, she 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 kept her her fear. One of her biggest fears was that I wouldn't graduate. Mm-hmm. Um, she felt that she never had the opportunity to go to school. It was never offered to her. It was um, it wasn't something that they expected of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she really wanted to make sure that my sister and I went to college, had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so here I have this opportunity and I'm about to blow it was her, her thought and, and that hurt her and that scared her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I was very resolved. I, I just, I decided I'm going to finish. So um, either you're going to help me or you're not. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's okay either way, but I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know how it would all work out, but I knew that it could. And I, I decided that it would. So there it is. Um, that, uh, that stubborn part of me worked, worked in my benefit that time. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so um, I drove back and forth that summer. And um, then you and I decided that we would get an apartment off campus and we would live together. And your mother was not too happy with this idea. <laughs> That's where I was going. <laughs> Fast forward to the end of the summer and I'm having a conversation like, um, <laughs> Um, I'm gonna get this apartment with Fanta and yes she's bringing her baby and yes we're going to live in this apartment together and you know it's interesting to hear you talk about um, what what emotions and perspective Nana was dealing with because I think my mom was dealing with it from a different perspective Mm-hmm. But for very much the same reasons, right? Right. And right. didn't want anything to disrupt the opportunity that had been presented to us both to go to college. Right. Um, but I think I was committed to you. Um, and I had seen your resolve. I had seen you out on the field twirling a rifle. Eight North months Indiana. pregnant. Eight months pregnant. <laughs> twirling a rifle in the marching band <laughs> as if it was nothing, you know. So I had seen your resolve. I had seen you um, not lead with that circumstance. I had seen you make the commitment to yourself. And so what I said to you was as long as you're helping yourself, I'm going to help you. That, that was my commitment to you. As long as Fonta is helping herself, I am going to help you. So much to my mom's chagrin, right? <laughs> We went out looking for apartments and we found one. I can't remember the guy's name, Mr. Mr. Something, Henry, I don't remember. Or something like that. <laughs> uh, we found an apartment and we had your car. I'm not sure I had a car yet. And we had your yeah. car and we literally would match our schedules for our classes 
so that when you were in class, I wasn't in class. And when I was in class, you weren't in class so that someone could stay with Brittany. Right there. So, so right there is the type that, that, that support um, as a friend was un, unheard of. Um, you know, just it, it was, and it was, it was real easy. It was like, um, well, I don't, you were, you said, I don't like morning classes. I don't want to get up at eight o'clock. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll take morning classes. Morning classes are fine for me. And we would load up the car um, and dr drop one, one of us off at school. And then the other one would load up the car and come back and we would switch. And that's just what we did. And, um, and, and it was, it was seamless and people couldn't believe that we were just friends for you to have that kind of commitment to me. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we've known each other for a year, year and a half now. And it was like, I mean, it was like, is this your, how is this your baby? Because <laughs> why, what is it that, that you're just going to arrange your schedule, um, arrange your life, arrange your college career to live off campus with her and a baby and arrange your schedule so that she can do what she's trying to do. Um, and then you, you know, and um, you, you a hustler now, but you always have been. <laughs> and so, you know, you worked um, off campus, you might've worked on campus. You, you, was, you were kind of Jamaican during that time. You might have <laughs> two, three jobs. I did. <laughs> And, and so you were doing all of that and supporting, helping to, helping to support me and keep and watching Brittany during those hours when I was at school mm -hmm. um, until we were able to, um, I was able to get a job at a daycare, small world daycare center. So I got this job at small world daycare center and um, the agreement with this white family <laughs> from Oxford, Ohio. I don't even remember their names. I can see their faces, but she just, she agreed to let me work off my bill mm -hmm. for Brittany. So Brittany was able to be there um, five days a week for several hours a day. And I worked there like 20 hours a week or something. Mm -hmm. um, I, I worked a couple jobs as well because I had to work on campus for my work study. Um, so it was, I mean, it, it was just unbelievable that the, the way that you supported me. And then when the time came, um, this family, because it was her and her daughter on the daycare center, um, let me work so that Brittany could stay there mm -hmm. um, because it was before the vouchers would, uh, would pay for that mm -hmm. um, because we went to, <laughs> we went to this trailer park <laughs> to, 
to this lady who the vouchers would pay for. And may, we was not, we were not, we were not leaving her there. <laughs> like oh no she won't be staying here <laughs> it, was, it was a no um but but the way you supported me during that time even you know we uh we went out we went to Dayton and we went out and your family was babysitting your family was watching Brittany um <laughs> your brother your cousin <laughs> your mom everything they they watched Britney on those weekends when we would go to we would go to Dayton mm-hmm. or whatever and so that we could have a night out they they would watch Britney um, and just you, because when when we connected our family's like okay that's that's just who it is it's it's Fonta and Denise and and we gonna make it work. So then when you did your internship in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. then you live, you lived with my mom, you lived at my house mm-hmm. um, you, and you had a key, <laughs> you might still have a key <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to get into Nana's house because Denise needed a place to stay in Cincinnati. That's, and so it's, it's a no-brainer. It was like we were each other's other sister mm-hmm. from another mother. That was, <laughs> <laughs> um, but your commitment um, was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was awesome, and um, and I I don't I don't know how to ever ever repay you for that because it allowed me to do exactly what I intended to do well and and do it even faster than I (laughs) had originally planned Mm -hmm. so I was able to graduate in three years um, from Miami with my bachelor's degree um, a 3.9 GPA um, on the dean's list Mm -hmm. a president's service award um, as a, as a teen mom, mm-hmm. to be to be able to do that um, was amazing, mm-hmm. and it was because it was because I had such support, mm-hmm. um, and that started with you. I, that was that was amazing. You know what's really interesting is Brittany became she was like a little mascot for. <laughs> for the university because Brittany went to football games like Brittany, Brittany everywhere Brittany went, we went Brittany went with us and, so, and she went to some games we didn't even go to she went with Chuck mm-hmm. to the basketball game she was in a, she was a bleacherette <laughs> so yes uh she definitely became a, a, a it was a village she became like a little campus baby because uh, Chuck played football, which meant that all the football players knew who Brittany was. Brittany was. And it just... Actually, it was one of the football players that we got her her middle name. Actually, her first name we got from Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> from, the, from Alvin and the Chipmunks. Because <laughs> he, said, he, he said we all, we, <laughs> when we laughed, we all looked like chipmunks. <laughs> and, so, and so he said you ought to name this baby Brittany because she's gonna be another chipmunk 
And then one of his football friends who it was, was from, mm-hmm. it was Tim from New York. Mm-hmm. And he was, we were talking about baseball and the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> and he called them the Royals. <laughs> and, I, and he he was like, oh yeah, them Royals is going, they're going to they gonna whoop Cincinnati. Because I think we were in the World Series. Or I don't know. But it, he kept saying the Royals and I fell in love. And that's her name. She was named by Miami's football player. Yes, she was. She was a little campus baby. And so, you know, I can think of so many different stories um, from being there with her and, you know, to your point, Chuck chipping in and helping us as well. Um, but while while you're thanking me, I don't know that I would have had it any other way. Um, when you meet someone and you can sense that your heart is knitted to them, you will go above and beyond to serve them and to be there, there for them in any way that they need. And when I saw your resolve, I just wanted to match it. I just wanted to see you be successful and for you to accomplish what you did, um, to fly in the face of every naysayer, every obstacle, every frustration that you felt, you didn't let it deter you. And the thing is, you're such a sweet person, like you don't have that aggressive tone but you are relentless and stubborn when it is something that you want to do. I may be vocal, but you will be driving. <laughs> and so um, I think that it, it just all turned out to be a great story. It all turned out to be a great life. Um, and now all these years later, um, Brittany is a mom and she's a young adult and you know it's just so crazy to think because I just still see her like that little picture with her leg up in the air and her in the crib eating crackers that she kept over there um, out of the way for all of us but when you look out when you look back on that time what were you most afraid of I don't know I don't I um I think, I think I was afraid of being the statistic, you know, the black teenage mom on welfare um, for the rest of my life. I, that that just was not not something that I was willing to uh, succumb to, um, and 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 sure, you know. You use the welfare system for whatever you need to. Absolutely, um, we did. We we worked them food stamps. We <laughs> <laughs> and and do what you need to do, but it should never be a crutch. It shouldn't be something that, um, in kind, in taxes, <laughs> you don't actually pay back. You know, um, so you know, do what you need to do, but but don't live there. And I, I didn't want to live there. I also had, I had this sense um, that, that I could, that I was smarter than I knew I was 
which was interesting. Um, I knew that I knew that I could study. I knew that I could learn anything I wanted to learn. I, all it would take is sometimes study, just study, and you'll get it. Um, but I was also um, driven by no, driven by you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that became real to me in high school um, when I was in the advanced physics class and I was supposed to be in the advanced English class. And I took the transfer to. Oh, my God. <laughs> I took the transfer paper to the nun and. I, you know, I was like, I, I want to transfer out of your class. And she said, oh, I'll sign that because you can't be in my class. You won't make it. So right there on the spot, I tore up the paper. And I said, never mind, I'm staying. And I'll be at least an average advanced physics student in your class. And um, actually, it was the only C I got um, my whole high school career. Dropped me out of the top 10 um, when I graduated to 13, um, and, um, but it was a C that, that me and my mom danced over (laughs) because that was hard. (laughs) It was like the only class I studied for that year. It was, it was hard. Um, so I, I thrived on no, um, and maybe my mother knew that, and that's why, first thing she said when I told her that I was pregnant was you're not going to graduate maybe she knew that and so she had our mind tricked on you right 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 (laughs) mama still knows best (laughs) and um and I and I, I I resolved right then oh I'm going to graduate and um and if that means that the president has to meet my child, then it'll be a nice meeting. It'll be a very interesting story for the news to tell about how I walked my baby across the, <laughs> across the stage. Um, but so I, I, I thrived on no. I, it, telling me no um, was not something I was really good with, <laughs> which, which was a good thing at that time. Um, and, um, but I didn't want to be a statistic. I didn't want to be that teenage mom that everyone expected. So that, that was, that was a, a huge motivation. Yeah, I think that that is still what drives you, the complexity. It's almost like you compete with yourself. Um, because I I remember when you were like, I'm getting a master's in mathematics and French. And I was like, what? (laughs) It just tells me of of what a beautiful (laughs) mind you have, because those two things are pretty complex subjects and to advance yourself degree wise in that at the same time, you know, like I'm going to do this dually. And so it wasn't a matter of your educational aptitude, but I'm telling you for as bright as you are educationally, your drive and resolve exceeds it. And like I said, it has such a a soft, a soft face to it that people really don't get it 
but you are driven by that. And it's all within you. Like it's within you to be driven that way. And I think that is why now we're able to tell such a great story. Cause to your point, you took a semester off and still graduated early, you know? Yeah. And so it just shows how you were committed. It didn't matter that the drive was an hour and 10 minutes away. Like that didn't matter. You And, and that was just the drive to get to Oxford. That didn't include dropping off Brittany, right? You know, it didn't, like all of these different things didn't matter. You just did what you needed to do to make it through that season. And it's just, you know, so, so beautiful. And I wanted to honor that. And I certainly thank you for your, your praise. And I, and I thank you for your acknowledgement, but you're the superstar here, right? You were able to persevere through very hard circumstances, a lot of perceptions, a lot of um, just undertones, a lot of snickering, you know, being the only one on campus that has this little baby on your hip, but I'm still going, I'm still participating. I'm still being a part of getting as much of this college experience that I can. Um, you just showed up in the face of all of that. And I just find that incredibly beautiful. You didn't duck you didn't hide, you didn't necessarily wear, wear your experience as a badge of honor, but you, you rightfully stood in the confidence that you bring to the table and you refuse to be denied. And I, I think that is the resolve that makes this story just simply incredible. So I commend you and I honor you. I absolutely honor you. All right, so now let's yeah. talk about friendship. Let's talk yeah. about friendship. How important is friendship to quality of life from your perspective? Oh, I think it's extremely important. Um, you, you have to have people in your life that you can talk to about anything. And, you know, when when we're strong, when we have to be strong in the boardroom, um, for me, it was the classroom. Um, I, you know, I would tell, uh, tell my husband, yeah, they met the brick wall today. <laughs> I'm the tallest four foot brick wall you ever want to meet. <laughs> um, but, uh, you have to have those places where you can, you know, let your hair down, have your Vegas moments, <laughs> um, have your faithless moments, have your um, just be silly moments, just all of that. You have to have those, those places and those times. Um, I think it's um, for me, um, being married to my best friend is, is, amazing um it's <laughs> it really does make being home coming home easy mm -hmm. uh, the call on the way home it's just it makes things easy and that you can talk about anything but then you need those those girlfriends mm -hmm. that um to you know girlfriend getaways um 
night out to to just be you um, apart from everyone else. It's important not to lose yourself mm-hmm. in amongst your family, amongst your kids, amongst your husband. For me, there's also the church. Um, then there's there's your family. You know, I've um, my family is full of huge personalities, um, <laughs> very big personalities. It, uh, you you meet my family, you fall in love. It's it's that simple. <laughs> but you can get you can get lost, and um, and you also want to be with people who are are successful, who are strong. So you know, my husband can shine. I, I'm okay being in his shadow at times so that you could shine. I'm okay being in your shadow. And so having those times where then you can shine, you know, where it can be about you for a minute. It can be um, just about whatever you want it to be about, you know, um, about a, a trip to the Cheesecake Factory, just red lobster or red lobster. <laughs> red lobster at the top of cold rain was a saving grace for us. <laughs> and then um, the one in uh, uh, Center Hill, I think it's my yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, up there by near Beaver Creek. Yeah, that was um, near the mall. That that was that was our spot where we could just be. Fonta and Denise, and we could talk about whatever we want to talk about, whatever we didn't want to talk about, whatever, what you know, or just fill our face with some good shrimp and lobster. <laughs> it was you. You got to have those down times, mm-hmm. um, especially you know, especially we're talking about successful in business in your you know your career in your life, in your marriage, you've got your family, um, to have those times and those people where you can just relax mm-hmm. um, is extremely important. Um, so, I love this notion of friends can be for reasons, seasons, or lifetime. And I, I can identify people that I can really categorize as each of those buckets. What do you think about that? I, I think um, I think that's true to a point. I think it's more, um, I think true friends are for a lifetime, period. Um, and I think you have some strong acquaintances that are there with you for those seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, because for for me, friendship is almost synonymous with with family. You know, um, what, what I think about our friendship, it's it just is, and it will be, mm-hmm. and and it is among our kids. Our kids are even um, are our friends, and and that's that's wonderful. And and our families know each other, and. Your, you know, your your aunts, besides your mom, but your aunts come, came to my wedding. You know, mm-hmm. not, not, um, and 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 that's. So I think I don't know. I I think you have one or two 
true friends for life. Mm -hmm. And everyone else, I think, becomes strong acquaintances, almost friends, um, or they feel like friends for that time. But I don't know. I I don't necessarily want to put them in the friend category. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I think about people who who were there and and I really don't I don't have a lot of those um those anyone that I would say was a true friend that I'm not really friends with now and so I I I believe that there are those seasonals um but I don't know that I would put them in the friendship category gotcha 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 All right, so here we go. Around these parts, I believe that we can build a life that we love without apology. And we always close out with what I love to call the LLH questions. And they are focused on life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. So let's tap into your wisdom. Tell me what's your life wisdom that you would tell your younger self if you could? Um, I would tell my younger self um, to be true to herself, Mm -hmm. to go for the things that she thinks she can have Mm -hmm. and don't settle. Um, Don't be willing to settle. Um, You you know, there's, there's all these things in life that happen, all these things, um, some positive, some negative, some that look negative, but then they kind of look positive later on. Um, but be willing to go for it and and don't don't worry about the haters. Um, Miss Swift said it best. They're gonna hate, hate, hate. <laughs> um, but do what is in your mind and your heart to do um, and, and go for it. Just, just go for it. Mm-hmm. Everything that, that's in your mind and heart, go for it. All right. So love wisdom. What love wisdom would you tell your younger self if you could? The first thing I would tell my younger self is to learn to love Fanta sooner. <laughs> Um, I think that, that we are so enthralled with romantic love that we throw ourselves for that and into that um, very easily, but we don't throw ourselves into self-love as quickly. And um, we, can, we can list early, the things that we don't like about ourselves. Um, I wanted to be taller, but I wasn't. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I wanted to be stronger in this area, or I wanted to be smarter, or I wanted to run faster, um, or I wanted to swim better, or what, whatever those negatives are, we can list those. But to begin earlier to list your positives. You know, we'll, we'll make a, a list 
um, for what we want in a husband, what we want in a man, or what we want in a partner. We'll make a list about what we want in a job, what we want in a house, you know, looking for our house, um, in our car, in a car, looking, well, I, I need these seat warmers because it gets cold in Ohio. Um, but when was the last time you made a list about you, your positives? What's great about you? What do you love about you? And being true to loving you. Um, I think, especially as mothers, as wives, we get so busy um, raising our kids and supporting our husbands that we forget about loving ourselves. And I came to the realization, I guess in my 30s that if I don't love me and if I don't make sure that I'm happy, if I don't take care of me, then how can I really take care of all these other people? Um, you know, if, if I'm sick physically in my body, I can't take care of them. Mm -hmm. So I have to take care of my body so that I'm physically fit to even take care of them. Um, but that's true in our mind, in our soul, in our spirit. If, if I'm broken, in my spirit, then what I transfer is brokenness. Mm -hmm. um, if if I'm hurting, then then I, I transfer hurt. You know, hurt people, hurt people, um, and so I have to make sure that I'm taking care of me in order to take care of the ones that I love and the career that I love and, and all of those other things. Okay. Girl, you dropping some wisdom. I could tell you married to a preacher. You preach. <laughs> okay. And finally, what's your happiness <laughs> wisdom? What would you tell your younger self about happiness if you could? I would, I would say that we make our own happiness. Um, you know, we have to learn to be content mm -hmm. and that God gives us joy. So happiness is about your happenings and it's really about how you see them, how you choose to, to see them. And we can give thanks in everything, not for everything. But even when those things that I don't want to give thanks for, can I, can I find a place where I can, I can still smile, even about my response to it, um, even about how it's going to make me stronger later, mm -hmm. even about um, what what others are going to see when I come out as gold. When I come out and I'm shining, mm -hmm. what others are even gonna see. So, so happiness is what you make of your life situations and it's your choice. I think you choose it. You have to, you choose to love, you choose to 
be happy. And um, I, I, I choose optimism and happiness any day, all day. Um, sometimes to a fault, my husband will even say, <laughs> he, he, he'll say that um, I always try to find the bright side or the good side of everything. He's like, well, I don't know if you can font to this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but because it's, it's a choice, it's a choice. Um, so choose happiness, mm. choose to be happy. Um, and if you, if you're looking for those places to be happy, I think you'll find them. That's beautiful. So I'm not exactly sure when this became a thing. I just remember at some point in our relationship, it did. And so I'm going to do my best to make it through. It says, thank you for being a friend Travel down the, down the road, road and back, and back again. <laughs> Your heart is, heart is true. true. You're a pal, You're a pal and a and confidant. confidant. And if you and threw, if you a, threw party a party and invited everyone you knew, you would see, you would see the, biggest the biggest gift, gift would, would be from me. And the card, and the card attached would say, would say thank you. For being a friend. Okay, I made it through. I had my picture ready. I thought I was going to cry. So my dearest and beautiful father, I want to say to you, success looks so good on you. I am so, so proud of you. I am excited about your today just as much as I've been excited about every day. And I thank you for your patience with me and your commitment to me and your loyal to me, loyalty to me. And thank you for being my friend. So I would have to say thank you to you um, for being my friend for even at such a young age <laughs> committing to, to me and, and my, my passions and my desires and for never giving up on me. Um, even when I looked like I was <laughs> going right to the left, um, always being there for me. And I am so proud of you and all that you're doing. Oh my, um, you've become such a writer. I'm like, oh my God, that, Denise, that was beautiful. Um, and and how how open you have become. Yes, that's a, that's a new thing. Many people don't know. That is a new leaf. So when I tell them that I'm showing up for them, there is one person who knows she's telling you the truth. Because I have not always been so open. So it, it's it's amazing to see you blossom. Um, in these in these pursuits, and um, I just look forward to to continuing to to see you shine. Um, know that I'm always always sending wind your way. I want I want you to fly. I always want you to fly. Thank you. So, I love you. 
I love you. Much love, much love. Well, I hope that you enjoyed our story and I hope that you got a sense of just how intertwined our lives are. Fanta is a very near and dear friend to me. She is in fact my forever friend and I am so blessed to have her in my life. Now, I hope that you saw how she saw herself successful in that situation, despite the odds, despite the stereotypes, despite who was in favor and supporting of her and who was not. She had it made up in her mind that she was going to achieve and excel, and she has gone on to do that and more. I hope that you are encouraged that despite whatever you're facing, you can do the same. I hope that you will think about your friendships and whoever you consider to be your forever friend, you'll reach out to them today and let them know how you value the friendship that you have with them. I have one more ask. If you haven't yet rated the podcast, please do so. There's two things that happen when you do that. One is I am encouraged to continue to show up. I consider that feedback extremely valuable. It helps me to know that the work that I am doing here is impactful and meaningful to you. The second thing is it helps the podcast be found by others. And so take time now to please rate and review. And even more, share this with your forever friend so that they can know and feel the love that you have for them. I'll look forward to seeing you next time. Well, that's it, beautiful. Thank you for tuning in. Don't ever forget that you truly deserve life, love, and all the happiness your heart can hold. Be relentless in building a life you love without apology. I'm Denise Taylor, and you can always find me in our free Facebook community. Life, love, and the pursuit of happiness, easy to find. Now, if you want more information about my success superpowers, as I'm sure you do, download my free success superpowers ebook at denisetaylor.live forward slash podcast. And one last thing, always embrace your power and go.